Welcome to Golden Black Live. This is our Friday, February 3rd edition. Mike Steele's birthday today, man. How good is that? I mean, we, and, and these are our guests. You got Mike Steele and Dick Satterfield, living legends on Purdue basketball, at least in their own minds, I know. And of course, Mike Steele and Dick played together for Fred Schaus back in the days. They, uh, Mike, a couple of years or a year younger than Dick, but uh, Dick, one of the, the great, the great first of the great walk-ons, of course, uh, came on and did a great job for Purdue. Both of these gentlemen, part of the Purdue's 1974 NIT team. Mike Steele has coached. Uh, he's lived and breathed basketball a long, long time, and now living in North Carolina. Dick. In during the summer winter months uh, in the Cincinnati area, but I think he's down south today, so uh, that's a good thing as well. But uh, guys, it's a privilege for me because there's nobody I like to talk basketball with more than you two. But I'm still getting used to this number one in the country thing, and and like every time you turn on ESPN or Big Ten Network, they say number one Purdue. I mean, Dick, I'll start with you. Uh, this is a this is the understatement of the day, but this is a really, really good basketball team. Sure is, Alan. I remember talking last year, and uh, I didn't think we'd see a team better than last year's. Yeah. Uh, but Steele and I talk a lot, and this team is better. Uh, it may not have quite as much talent. We certainly don't have Jaden Ivey, but we didn't have the Zach Eady that we had last year. And I was talking to Roosevelt Barnes earlier. I, I think if Braden Smith had... Uh, had been around uh, Swanigan's team might have won a national championship and and you know the team on the 18 might have won one because he's uh he's as good as point guard as we've had since Parkinson. Nine assists and uh, no turnovers last night and you guys know good guard play I was going to say uh, and you know what I keep forgetting when I say he's the best point guard ever that's Bruce Parkinson uh, would be hard to do, but he is certainly as good as anyone since then. Mike, you've coached. And if you were sitting on the sidelines talking to Micah Shrewsbury yesterday or prepping for Purdue, what the heck would you do to try to try to defend this? Uh, uh, I hate to use this term loosely, but it seems like a juggernaut right now in the Boilermakers. Yeah, you know, Sat and I do talk. We talk during the basketball <laughs> season almost every, almost every day. And yeah. uh, we uh, we're, we're pretty close with Coach Painter, and uh, I thought uh, Tewksbury said it. He goes, he says, starts off last night. He said, yeah. this quick, uh, this is the best team in the country. This is the best player in the country, and this is the best coach in the country. Any other yeah. question? I mean, and and Sat and I were talking like you got to pick your poison, and it, you know, I think after watching the Michigan State games, if you're the Penn State coach, you go well. We can't just let the ball go into Edie because he scored basically 80 points against Michigan State. <laughs> so let's not do that. And so we got to let, you know, you, you got to double someplace and you can't leave Lawyer and Smith can shoot. So you got to take a shot on those other guys. And I think the only thing that he probably should have done uh, after Gillis hit three in a row in about 30 seconds, I think he should have called a timeout and said, we're going to go ahead and guard him and we'll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like this is, and I've told uh, Matt this a bunch of times, this is the most fun watching any team play that I've yeah. had because they're so incredibly, uh, incredibly selfish. I mean, they're not, there isn't one person that is looking for their shot first. 
They pass up shots to get a better guy shot. They feed the post like every time down the floor. And what we didn't do last year, we didn't guard like this. I mean, yeah. we were guarding as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Steely, it's pretty Steely, Steely, Go ahead. Alan, I, I sent a text to Matt after the game last night. We were texting back and forth. And I thought that the play that just exemplified the entire season was in the second half. We're up 20 points. Game's over. Yeah. They get a breakaway, and Ethan Morton runs full speed down there and blocks the shot. No, it was – And you know what? Yeah. Purdue fans, I went a couple weeks ago to uh, out to see Kansas play. Yeah. And that place is, is, is incredible. Well, one of the guys that was with me went, went to the game and then he came to the Purdue game. And if Kansas is one, Purdue now is one a, because the atmosphere and this guy said, no, I think it's louder and more intense. You know, they did the whiteout and they did a great job of, they had white shirts for everybody, 14,000, whatever it is. And I just think that having all those, shirts for everybody just kind of shows you the you know Purdue's doing it first class and they have really the atmosphere is incredible it is incredible you know even on Wednesday night's game against Penn State 6 30 start which is a little early just because people get in there from work and it was it was full at the tip and no. uh, that uh, was very very impressive to me I mean you know they're coming because you rank number one I get that but the fact they were there and the students on Wednesday night also, you know, there were, there were it was 80, packed. 90% of them there a half hour before tip. And yeah. that's and, a, that Alan, is an environment that's unbelievable. Alan, just to put things in perspective, I went to uh, the bookstore and I've got three grandkids. And I got them all t-shirt and I got another t-shirt, something for Drew. And then I got something else. And I went up and the girl said, that'll be $420. $420. And she said, we're number one in the country. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, it was the whole, every place was just electric. And I don't think it's just because we're number one. I think people that are fans and know basketball a little bit realize how hard the guys are playing and how unselfish they are. Yeah. Both of you guys were consummate role players, had to had to find ways to contribute. You both did in big moments. Of course, Mike, your, your moment early on in your career, other moments, but certainly the NIT championship. One of the and that team, I would say, even though I know that's been a few years ago, the 73-74 team, one of the funnest teams to watch because you guys we're relatively selfless. Now you can't be totally selfless when you got Frank Kendrick on your team, but uh, <laughs> but, but you <laughs> love Frank. Uh, but uh, this was a this you know led by a guy named Bruce Parkinson, uh, really good. But let's talk about that guard play because Braden Smith has been you know off the chain. Uh, doesn't seem to care whether he scores. Uh, doesn't care at all really. Uh, maybe he needs to score a little bit more. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer also just lets the game come to him. Doesn't force things. But talk about that and, and what you guys think you'll see. What will other teams? I mean, what can they do to make things tough? Is it going to be athletic uh, trapping three quarter course court presses? What do you guys see? And Dick, I'll start with you. Well, they're both really good. Um, and Lawyer reminds me of, a, of an Ichuan Moore. He's a, he's better shooter than Ichuan, but he's really crafty like Ichuan. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if there's one worry I have about this team, it's big, long, athletic guards, uh, strong guys that 
kind of bully the guys a little bit. Obviously, Rutgers is is that way. Yeah, I watch teams like Alabama, um, you know, UCLA. I think those teams could could cause us trouble. But on the other hand, um, they don't have anybody that can guard uh, Zach Eady. Yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're right. And those guys, you can kind of one hand, I think. How many times Purdue turned the ball over this year under pressure? Maryland caused them some problems early uh, in that game. I thought a little bit, certainly Rutgers. But Micah, how do you see it from a guard standpoint? And what uh, you know, what does Purdue have to do just to keep itself uh, uh, above water under pressure? Well, I agree with you in that. Uh, you know, we had a kid when I was at DePaul named Phil Wendell. Yeah. That from day one, Prester Award winner, right? Yep. Prester Award winner, but day one, he was fearless. And if he beat guys, you know, he, he, he punished them. I mean, he ended up, if he beat them, we were going to score a basket. And I think that, that Smith is, is easily when I think, I think he struggled against, uh, against Maryland because I think he was tired. You know, we yeah. played a games and, but I think that when he gets by guys, he could take a couple more dribbles and, and make a play, especially when you have Edie at the other end. But yeah, I, all of us like sat and I would be like, well, you know, we're up 10, but they're going to press us. Uh, not only do I not worry about impressing us, but our guys, those two guards are great free throw shooters. And so oh, yeah. and when you get the lead and they got to foul the guy with the ball, uh, you know, and they can leave Edie in the game because he's such a good free throw shooter. So, I'm not, I'm not concerned with it. Like I, like I have been in the past. Well, you know, the other thing yeah. I think you got to point out, we're talking about guards and we're talking about Smith and lawyer, but let's not forget about Jenkins and Newman yeah. important kind of plays a quasi guard <laughs> too. So we've got, we got really good depth there too. No, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, when I saw practice the first time, I didn't know really Jenkins if he was going to fit in. You know, he's been in a lot of different places, and sometimes that just doesn't doesn't work. But those other guys have embraced him, and you can see yeah. they just like he's just one of the guys. And yeah. and the the more you watch Morton play, I mean, he's six seven. He can guard. He's smart. He doesn't make silly fouls. He doesn't give up shooting fouls. We don't foul guys as much. When you look at a stat that wants to astound you, look at the stat of how many free throws we've attempted and made, we've made more free throws than our opponents have shot. And the great Indiana teams, the great Duke teams, that's been a trademark. If you can make more than the other teams shoot, you're going to win a bunch of games. Yeah. David Jenkins Jr. Uh, is really, I was so impressive after his big performance against Michigan State, there's 11 points. You know, again, last night, he, he just comes out, and, and and plays and you guys know it uh, in terms of that basketball mentality he's got a Vinnie Johnson scores mentality I, I get that but doesn't seem to phase him any that uh, he just comes in and, and and you're right I think I agree with both you guys I thought that fatigue was an issue because Smith can't it's not because he maybe not because he's played so many games. It's just how hard he plays in that game. He is running constantly. And I think that that's where I, I do think Jenkins has, and I'm interested in your opinion. Jenkins has developed more into the ability to handle the basketball, play the quasi point guard position, uh, maybe more than Matt expense expected coming in. But how do you guys view that? Because I do think that in the NCAA tournament with everything else, 
I'd like to keep Braden Smith at 30 minutes, 29 minutes, if you can, and and have Jenkins roll in there. How, how do you guys view that? D Dick, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think he's, I think I agree with that. Um, you know, he's really strong, plays good defense. Um, he's got a scorer's mentality, but he's kind of set that aside. But, you know, I'm going to just broaden it a second. If you think about the bench play, the last three games, you know, we yeah. get 20 some points at Michigan and we get 20 some points at Michigan State and we almost got 40. And the other kid who I love, and he is going to be an unbelievable player, is Trey Kaufman Wren. Yeah. And talk about a kid that's made, you know, all these kids, Brandon Newman, all these kids making big sacrifices. But boy, they are figuring out their roles. But uh, yeah, Jenkins is, is, a, is a key guy. Yeah. Mike, you know, you, in your, your coaching days, it's, it's, it's a challenge to keep, especially when you have talent. And I think it's a challenge for Matt. I could just see Coffin Wren's body language change. Not that it was bad, but in the last three or four games when he's really contributed, even last night he contributed. He didn't play that much, but he did contribute. Talk about how you do that from a coach's standpoint and how you balance that because, you know, you got nine guys there that are, that are all – all could be playing 30 minutes at any other school in the big 10 uh, pretty much. Uh, how, how do you, how do you balance that and keep them all, keep them all happy? Or is it, or is it just winning? Is that what does it? Oh no, that, that certainly helps. And Matt is a really good communicator. I mean, he, yeah. he talks to these kids and he, he, he says on an interview, he said, you know, the Jenkins kids used to scorn and yeah. he comes in three for three and the next game he hardly plays any. And he goes, you know, you got to talk to guys and explain like the big picture and, and whether they believe it or not, when you're winning, they, they have to go with it. I mean, they have yeah. to, and, and I'm big on watching guys on the bench and I'm telling you when Gillis was making those shots, everybody on the bench yeah. was just as excited. I used to tell guys that if you're as excited when you throw the ball and a guy scores as you are, when you score, then you're a pretty good teammate. And that's our guys have that. They get it. Yeah. One thing we've noticed about Morton, you know, and, and I, I find interesting because it's almost a hockey analogy. You know, in hockey, they'll give an assist pass to pass to pass. He has, I, you know, I don't have any data to support this, but I think Morton makes more great passes that lead to a, an assist for somebody else uh, from his position. He, I mean, yes, Purdue's really good at feeding the post in general, but uh, Morton really helps that. That's another role that he plays. And, you know, no, you, and then go ahead. You, no, you're a hundred. I hate it when you're right. It doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> I know it's so uh, rare. No, exactly. But he's so good at getting the ball on the point, have it go from one, the wing to him. And he immediately passes it to a guy that has a better shot, yeah. whether it's the Smith or lawyer or Newman or whoever. And most guys hang on to it a little bit, seeing if they can get theirs before they give it to somebody else. Yeah. And more is the best on the team, best you, you, you can't find anybody that does it better that, than getting it to the next guy and scoring a basket or leading to a feed to, uh, to Edie. You know, I've, I've, I've always been a big fan of his, as, as Steely can tell you, but uh, he is quietly starting to shoot the ball a lot better. If you yeah. notice him. You got to do that too. Yeah. No, that's, Right now, that's what I that's the guy that I would if I'm gonna let somebody beat me, he's the guy. But now he's last three or four games, I think he shot close to 50% from three. So that that really limits their options. So you and he you hit 40% last year. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, you gotta not guard first and not guard him. Right. If you're 
if you're going to cheat, that's who you got to cheat off of. And I don't think, you know, the, the St. Peter's game last year, they knocked our guys, they just shoved them off the block. Well, I think that Edie, his confidence level is so high right now that when they shove him, he just goes right back there. He just, he, and his footwork is so improved. It's just amazing how, how much better he is. And it just shows how hard, how hard that kid has worked. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Mike, because Matt Painter actually talked about that Wednesday night, about the only team that really did defend him. And he mentioned St. Peter's in that game and uh, how they how a 6'8 guy at St. Peter's really did cause problems. But I think you're right that uh, he is in a, it's a whole different uh, animal at this point in time. Uh, and I, I give him uh, – he's just, he's again, uh, almost too good to be true in terms of how he's playing. And, again, another last game last night. Not only nine shots. He could care less. He's, and he said post game on Wednesday night, you know, it was kind of nice to have a breather in terms of having to do stuff. I thought that was impressive. You know, well, the other thing that we, we talk a little bit about, we talked – Mike said it, he's so right, about our defense. My son, David, is a big analytics guy, and he works for Kroger and IT. I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised. And last year, he was always worried about their defense. Frankly, I wasn't because I just figured we'd outscore everybody. But I tell you, the, not only we good defensively, one of the kids we haven't talked much about, he is so much better defensively, is Caleb First. Yeah, I mean, he can guard everybody. And I, yeah. I think it'll really be interesting Saturday to see if, if Matt might put him on Davis and put uh, Zach on uh, Ray Thompson. I, I'm not sure what he'll do, but the point is both of those guys can guard either one of those guys. Now, Indiana is really good. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but it, yeah. they can at least guard. Them. Yeah. All right, I, I am going to turn that to Indiana. You guys have both played in that facility. It is a tough, tough place to play. Uh, I don't think either of you, because you guys weren't, you were gone in 77 when, when Purdue did finally win there. You lost, I remember a heartbreaker in the NIT season uh, there. One of the, it was bad officiating too, but that's another, worst another call, topic. I'll... Worst call ever. Loose ball foul on, on Bruce Rose, on John Leskowski at midcourt. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. We're not but I digress. What, you know, Mike, I'll start with you on the whole notion of playing down there and you've watched Indiana play and there certainly is a lot of, there's talent there. They play much better at home, Sands the Northwestern game. Um, they didn't play very well in the second half, certainly against Maryland. But what do you see? What does Purdue just have to, to stay the course and, and hope that the Hall of Calls uh, also plays uh, uh, levels out relatively? Is that uh, how do you view that? You know, I think that I think that this team is much more mature than they should be, as young as yeah. they are, and. I think if if I was coaching, I think that I would really emphasize you don't have to do anything special against Indiana. You don't have to do, you know, if we would have lost to Penn State and beat Indiana, you're one on one for the week. And as good as we've been playing, I would tell guys you don't have to you don't have to penetrate more. You don't have to you don't have to do anything extra. Just do just do your job. Do what you've been doing. And and, you know, once the game starts, I don't know, Sat, you tell me, but, like, I never thought Indiana that the crowd, you know, when when the places were packed, I thought Illinois was tougher. I thought Minnesota was tougher. Uh, you know, Iowa, they were right on you. Of course, you know, this is back when it was an older place. Mm -hmm. But I never thought that Indiana had uh, – I never thought their fans really were that were that loud. That's, that's just me. Yeah. 
Well, it'll be it'll be electric down there because it's yeah. a game that Indiana really uh, wants to win, and they've got some real talent. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis, boy, he's he's really been playing well. Um, I know the one guard, um, Hood Shafino, didn't shoot well against Maryland, but he's been really good. Yeah, he's um, good. You know, Galloway, I think, has really improved. And Mike Woodson clearly knows what he's doing. So, it, But, I, you know, I, I've always thought that uh, what made Indiana so tough when we played there was Scott May, Quinn Buckner, Bobby Wilkerson, <laughs> yeah. Kim Alan. Benson, John Laskowski, Tom Abernathy. How about that? And Steve Green. That, how about yeah. that? Pretty good yeah. starting lineup right there. <laughs> No, yeah. you're right. And I think that the, the physicality of it, I think that it'll be tougher for us, and I might be wrong, but I think it, I think the Maryland game at Maryland will be yeah. a tougher game for us than, than Indiana. And, they, you know, we could lose both of them. We could win both of them. I mean, Sat and I have said, when, when Matt told me he was going to start two freshman guards, <laughs> I said, well, you know, we'll be pretty – we'll be good – we could be good at home if they're good. But boy, we'll have trouble beating anybody on the road, and that's why I'm in the insurance business, and he's still coaching. <laughs> but, uh, no, but those kids have been, and and they don't seem. I've not seen one time this year where I thought they were rattled. You yeah. know, where I thought that the the situation rattled them, or they, you know, we weren't shooting the ball good. They just kind, of, they're just kind of ballers. They just want to play. I mean, yeah. they love playing, and that's really neat. What's yeah, really no interesting question. is up until the last two games at home, we played better on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a crazy. You know what, though, Sat, too, I think part of it, and it's because of the kind of kids we've gotten that Matt's recruited. But, you know, I watched Kentucky play, and I wonder if they're playing for Kentucky or if they're playing yeah. for each other or they're playing for trying to get in the NBA. And, you know, I think that's a lot of teams. I think that's most of the teams. But I think our team this year – is focused on playing like if you were at the co-rec and if you get beat, you can't play for another 45 minutes. Our guys just want to play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a very, very true thing. All right, guys, we, this could be a weekly show, but I can't afford you either one of you. So that's part of the problem, but uh, we, we, we appreciate your time very we're, much. I want Dick, you had something you wanted to say. Uh, yeah, Alan, I, um, I want to just uh, do a shout out to Brian Newberg. I, I've met Brian a couple of times, but yeah, uh, I just love reading his stuff. Um, got a good replacement, Mike Carmen, but uh, Brian, we wish you all the best and speedy recovery. Hey, no, thanks so much. That, yeah, no doubt. He and uh, it's a it's a big challenge for him to be sitting on the sidelines for this period of time. But uh, if anybody's going to get back quickly, it'll be Brian. But uh, appreciate the sentiment. A great shout out to. Rob Hummel and Brandon Godden on the on the broadcast in the second half Wednesday night was uh, humbling to be sure, and uh, we passed it along to Brian's wife Amy, who showed it to Brian, and uh, he was quite touched by that. As much as a Jersey guy can be touched, he doesn't. He, he's about as he's about as stoic as you can get. But uh, God love him, he's the best that he's the best there is at what he does, and he's also the best person you'll ever find. Guys, thanks so much. It's a privilege to spend a little time talking hoops. We'll do this again. I think. I think we got to start i got to get with my uh trademark attorney i think satin steel or steel and satin <laughs> something has got there maybe t-shirts i don't know nil yeah. you got it you guys want any nil money on the back end maybe we can work that out well let me tell you real quick on the nil money i told <laughs> painter i said you know if i was playing you know i wasn't very good but i you know got a gift of gab and 
I said, I think I'd have got two for one pitchers at Lums. And, <laughs> Lums. And Matt, Matt said, Steel, every night is was two for one pitchers at Lums. Well, I yeah. forgot. <laughs> oh, that one's digging. That one is digging deep. I think there's been two structures mowed down since Lums was there on the levee. Of course, Jerry yeah. O'Brien's got Jerry O'Brien, a guy you both know. Now we love the Triple X a sponsor. Don't get me wrong here. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but you guys are all know Jerry's spot at Nine Average Brothers too. Uh, kind of is in that in that tradition of those uh, establishments back on uh, at, down at the levee. Hey guys, thanks so much, and uh, yep. we enjoyed it very much. And we will uh, we'll be back for segment two. I don't know how we're going to follow this up, but we got Chad Brown joining us and Tom Deanhart as well. A little football recruiting to talk as well. And uh, stay tuned in two minutes. We'll be back for the next segment of Golden Black Live. All right, see you, Zach. <laughs> 